Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10x points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side by side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. In recent weeks, we've really focused on some ways that listeners can boost their income. Uh, So whether that's through starting your own side business and growing your network like Hala talked about, or when we talked with local realtor Alan about diving into investing in real estate, well... What better way to test the waters? While you are away, your home could also earn extra income. That's right. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. It's a lot easier than you think, and you don't need to Airbnb your entire house. You could just host your extra spare room. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides in seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. I am Matt. And today, we're answering your listener questions. Yes, Joel, we are going to answer some listener questions. Some of the topics that we're going to be talking about today are ways to improve your credit score after a bankruptcy. We're going to talk about robo-advisors. We're going to talk about college savings accounts. Lots of fun stuff for you today, man. Man, robots are taking over the world. They're (laughs) robo-advising people now, too. I wouldn't mind a robo-maid or like a... What is it from the Jetsons? Well, I think they make those dude Roombas, right? Lots of Roomba, but... Yeah. How do they... Do those actually work well, by the way? Roombas? Yeah. yeah people love them. Okay. I, I feel like I want to test one out, but but they still <laughs> seem like a little too expensive for me, so I'm not quite there yet. But if yeah. anyone has one, I'd be really interested to know your feedback on whether they work well or not. Roomba, hook us up! <laughs> I also feel like I could see my kids like stepping on them or something yeah, like that. I don't, I don't know how folks with kids allow theirs to last more than a, a couple months. Right. Uh, I wanted to ask you a question regarding beer. I was thinking about this the other night. When you go to a bar and you're ordering a beer at the counter, how much do you typically tip? Because you're standing there, and this also applies not if you're just ordering a beer at a bar, but say you're, you go to a walk-up window, you know, you go up someplace that's got awesome barbecue, you want to get a little barbecue plate, maybe get some barbecue to go. Because they've got the 20% on there, like you're sitting down being waited on, but do you actually do 20% or what are your thoughts? 
No, definitely not if I'm going up to get some barbecue to go. Why are you being so cheap, dog? I wouldn't do it. No, I just don't <laughs> feel like it's the same level of service. Like being waited on all night, I'm liable to tip between 20, 25%, maybe even more, depending on how good the service is. I, I could easily see myself tipping a little bit more than 25% even. But if yeah, I'm... You got those deep pockets. So. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> but if I just go up, right, and order a barbecue plate and they hand it to me with my drink or whatever, like I just can't understand why I would pay the same amount of tip. And so typically I will leave a 10% tip when I'm doing something like that, ordering at the counter and then sitting down because it's just not the same level of service continuing to come back. I go refill my own drink. Right. Um, yep. So the same thing, if I go up and order a beer at the counter, I'm usually going to tip a dollar, dollar fifty, something like that, you know, based on my five or six dollar beer purchase. Nice man, I'm with you. Uh, I have no idea what the is it Emily Post. I'm not sure what she says in regards to tipping, but Kate and I were having this discussion the other night, and when it comes to beer, my thoughts were okay. No matter what, if I'm going to order a beer somewhere, I'm always going to leave a buck because I don't know. I just have that kind of ingrained in me. So even if I order like a three dollar High Life, which I don't do often because I like nicer beers. But even 10% is 30 cents. Are you going to leave 30 cent, a 30 cent tip? No, a dollar is the minimum. Yeah. A dollar is the minimum. That's kind of standard. Never tip less than a dollar. But then it kind of only goes up from there. If it's a bartender who's engaging and is talking to me about the different beers that they have on, or especially if they're willing to pour some samples and let me try a couple, dude, that easily gets them up to that 20% mark because I'm able to try some different beers and variety is the spice of my life when it comes to beers, man. I'm all about that. Yeah, I agree. If it's completely and purely transactional, then you're going to get that baseline 10% tip or $1 for the beer, you know, whatever it is. But if it's more involved than that, and if I'm getting great feedback, great customer service, you know, there's definitely a chance I'll tip a little bit more. But it just doesn't make sense to me to tip the same amount for uh, a, a, when I'm sitting down to dinner and a waiter or waitress yeah. is... They're working hard. Yeah. They're, they're working really hard. Exactly. They work... A, you drink a lot of water. I've seen you and... <laughs> I'm like, you a, I'm like a camel, times. man. Yeah. So that doesn't make sense to me. Um, so that's kind of how I handle it. I'd be interested to hear how everyone else handles it. Definitely don't want to be cheap <laughs> when it comes to that. You know, we want to be frugal, but we don't want to be cheap and we don't want to save money at the expense of other people. But yeah. that, that's the that's just what has made sense to me in my head. Yeah. It's always good to be generous, but if we're not being generous, folks, uh, don't shoot us down at the same time. Be nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt. And speaking of generous, well, guess what? There's a really generous guy named Jamie who works... Jamie! Jamie, man. He works at Southern Grist Brewing. In Nashville. I know these guys. I only know them because I've heard them talked about. I've never been up there. I've never had their beers before. This is my first. Me neither, but I've heard good things. And actually, one of our listeners said, you have to have some Southern Grist. And so I popped off an email to the folks at Southern Grist and Jamie responded really quickly. Super cool. Sent us a few beers. And so, yeah, really excited today to enjoy this double dry hopped IPA called Biorhythm from Southern Grist. Yeah, and this specific beer is a uh, collaboration beer. So they brewed this with a brewery out of Maine called Mass Landing. So we're kind of sampling two different breweries at once, which I always love. Gotta love that. And we'll let you know what we think about this beer at the end of the show. All right, Matt. So let's get to it. Listener questions. This is our second listener questions episode. We're going to be releasing these episodes every other week on Mondays. And if you have a question that you want us to answer on the show, we'd love to do that. And you can submit your question at howtomoney.com slash ask. We got a lot of fun ones to answer here on the show today. So let's get to it, Matt. What do you say? Yeah, I say let's do it, man. Let's play that first clip. Hey guys, my name is Lathan and I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina. 
My question today ultimately is, what's the difference between annuities and life insurance? I've done a little bit of research myself as well as listened to your podcast about life insurance. And for whatever reason, I'm still having a hard time grasping it. I'm soon to be 27 and hopefully also soon be engaged, fingers crossed. And with the idea of my family potentially growing, getting married, having kids in the next few years, I've got this feeling that these vehicles might be something that would benefit me. I was hoping you guys could kind of break down the different types, what happens with the money, what are the benefits of them. Can't wait to hear what you guys have to say. I absolutely love the show. Thanks. Lathan, thanks so much for that message, man. And hey, we hope you are engaged by now. So we'll go ahead and say a congrats. Yeah, I hope so. hope she said yes. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm sure she did. Lathan sounds like a great guy. Of course. But Lathan, we're going to go ahead and make an assumption here. You, because you mentioned life insurance next to annuities, I'm going to assume that you're talking about whole life because those are closely related. That being said, we're not going to compare those two because they are both pretty terrible products. Most folks honestly shouldn't consider them because they are way too expensive and they both combine elements of investing and insurance together. You want to make sure that you are keeping your insurance needs separate from your investments. Annuities are essentially for quote unquote retirement income, but really they offer a poor way to get to retirement and often have huge fees. Yeah. How high are those fees, Matt? Well, oftentimes on the more expensive types of annuities, it can be between four and 9%. So, which is insane. Yeah, that's ridiculous. So when we're talking about annuities, annuities are often sold by insurance companies. And apparently uh, because of that incredibly high expense ratio, I've read that some annuity salespeople can, by selling one massively profitable annuity, send their kid to college for a whole year. Like that's the kind of money that's on the line, seriously, <laughs> yeah. for some of these insurance salespeople that are pushing annuities. Yeah. And another kind of crazy fact about annuities is a few years back, there was a fiduciary rule that was supposed to be put in place by the Department of Labor. Interestingly enough, when we got really close to the implementation of that rule, annuity sales were in massive decline because investment professionals knew that they couldn't honestly sell annuities to people and then claim that they were doing it in their best interest. And it turned out that the fiduciary rule was eventually put in the scrap heap and no longer is being implemented, which... I think is a huge bummer. I think that is the duty that investment professionals should have to their client. And some, many actual financial advisors do take on that fiduciary rule on their own accord without being forced to by the Department of Labor. But it's interesting to note that once the fiduciary rule was thrown away, annuity sales are kind of back to where they were. They're being pushed again really heavily. And no wonder when you're talking about all of the numerous different kinds of fees that can be pocketed by an insurance salesman when an annuity is sold. All right, Lathan, life insurance, right? So that begs the question now of what kind of life insurance do you actually need to get? Uh, and that is level term life insurance. You're, you know, you're going to have a spouse here soon. Uh, you're hoping someday to have kids who will most definitely be dependent on you. And the type of coverage that a level term life insurance policy will be able to provide you is exactly what you want to look for. And that is funds in case you were to you know, pass away uh, to those who you love. Yeah. Level term is just the cleanest type of life insurance policy that you can get. There's no cash value buildup. There's no weird investing angle to it. And that makes level term not only the easiest to understand, but also by far the cheapest type of life insurance that you can buy. And typically, if you were to buy a whole life policy, you're looking at paying 10 times more every month for the premium. A level term policy is incredibly affordable. So let's say you wait just a few years until you're a little bit closer to having kids. You said you're 27 now, so maybe you wait till you're 30 in order to pick up that level term policy. 
Well, in all likelihood, you're probably going to be paying about $25, $30 a month, $35, just depending on how much of a policy you feel like you need to take out. You might choose a $250,000 policy, uh, maybe $500,000. You might even think you need a million-dollar policy. We talked all about term life insurance in an earlier episode, and we talked about how you could even ladder life insurance policies. So you might want to start small and then maybe get another policy down the road when you feel like it's necessary. But these policies are incredibly affordable and incredibly easy to understand, and that's why we like term life insurance. And we will link to a couple of the sites that we think are best for shopping those term life insurance rates in the show notes for this episode. Yeah, and one of those sites real quickly is Policy Genius. You should be able to remember that one. And when it comes to the amount of coverage as well, a good ballpark sort of rule of thumb figure is just 10 times your annual income is typically a, a great number to, to consider to set up your loved ones. All right, and let's real quick talk about the investment side. If you were considering an annuity, well, you're really thinking about starting investing. And so if that's the case, we would recommend you check out episode 69, where we talked about the perceived risks of investing in the stock market. And annuities, part of the reason people decide to go with an annuity is because there is less quote-unquote downside. Yeah, less risk if the market were to tank. Yeah, exactly. Except for you get a much smaller share of the upside. Yeah. <laughs> and that really hurts you over the long run, especially, Lathan, we're talking about you being in your 20s and investing for years and years and years to come, not to mention those high fees. You're going to miss out on some of the huge gains that the stock market will have to offer over your investing lifetime. And so you're going to come out way ahead if you invest in tax-advantaged accounts like 401ks and Roth IRAs. And then even after that, if you start crushing it and investing a lot, regular taxable brokerage accounts... Since you're in the wealth building stage of life, you're going to want to be invested inside of low cost stock index funds inside of those investing vehicles. That's going to lower the cost. It's not going to be the smoothest ride, right? Because the stock market has wild swings up and down. But over the course of decades, it's going to be by far the best decision you can make with your money. So Lathan, we hope we answered your question. Basically, avoid whole life insurance, avoid annuities. Instead, you want to look at level term life insurance when it comes to actual life insurance. And as you're considering your investments, make sure you're putting your money into tax advantage retirement accounts like your 401k or Roth IRA. So right after the break, we're going to hear from someone who has filed chapter seven bankruptcy and is looking for ways to improve his credit score. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week yeah, at the we beach do. every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simons on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. 
Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. And now a word from the show's sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal. Rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Spring cleaning is kind of an annual rite of passage. We've all got to do it, minimize the junk that we have in our house. Emily and I, we just cleaned our closets out. It took hours, but it was so worth it. Now we've only got stuff in there that we love, and it's easier to find everything too. And so, you know, while cleaning your closets is helpful, well, there's something else you can do for your family this spring. Shopping for life insurance with Policy Genius, for example, is a really important part of your financial planning for the year. That's right. Yeah. And here is the thing that's important to remember, because you might be thinking you don't need to check out Policy Genius because you've got a policy through work. But even if you have a life insurance policy through your job, it may not offer you enough protection for your family's needs and it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance companies, and that means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another, so you can trust their guidance. Save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. All right, Matt, we're back. In a second, we're going to get to a question about robo advisors. But first, let's take this question on credit score improvement. Hey, Joel and Matt, W calling from Colorado here. Love the show. Curious your thoughts on things I could do to uh, improve my credit score uh, after a Chapter 7 bankruptcy filing. I just got a checking account opened up again uh, after a while uh, not being able to get one. And I also actually just got approved for a uh, high-interest, low-limit credit card, uh, but it doesn't have an annual fee, which is great. Plan on paying that off every month. So any other tips, greatly appreciated. Uh, keep up the great work. Love the podcast. W, thank you so much for listening to the podcast, man. You know, it's tough that you went through the bankruptcy, but it sounds like you are already back on the right track. So thanks for sending us this message. The first thing you know that Joel and I wanted to cover was just kind of talking about some of the behavioral changes. You just want to make sure that you've taken the time to you know examine how that you found yourself in, in tons of debt to begin with. If you're just overly focused on improving your credit score, you just want to make sure that you don't find yourself in a similar situation again down the road. Uh, so make sure you've examined how it is that you've kind of gotten into that situation. A lot of times for a lot of folks when it comes to you know their behavior, it has to do with spending on a credit card or consumer debt. 
We talk about consumption a lot, but it's good for us. I know Joel and I to challenge ourselves when it comes to the purchases that we make. A budget helps so much when it comes to that, just to make sure that we are keeping ourselves on track. Yeah, Matt, I'm sure W has had time to think about those things. And it sounds like he is already back on the, the right track, right? He's He's got that checking account. He's got that first credit card. Yeah, that's huge. Those are big yeah. first steps, right? <laughs> that's awesome. And so that's, that's really important. The next thing to do is to probably try and get another credit card if you can. And there's a really cool credit card product that is important for W to know about and potentially a lot of other listeners. It's called Pedal Card. And you can go to pedalcard.com. And they actually offer credit cards with higher limits than a lot of secured credit cards. You link your accounts up to Pedal Card. They kind of analyze your spending. They look at more than just your FICO score. And then they tell you whether you're approved. And you can actually find out if you're going to get approved for it before you officially apply. Nice. Which avoids that ding to your credit that you don't really want to get. Well, yeah. And that's incredibly important too after you filed for bankruptcy because your credit score is in really bad shape. So if you are trying to get your credit back by applying for new cards so that you're increasing your total credit limit, well, every time you get denied, like those are very valuable points. You know, like if you've got a great credit score, you get denied or you apply for a new card. It's not a huge deal if you're around the 800s. But again, if you have a lower credit score, yeah, every one of those dings uh, hurts a good bit more. All right. So a couple other things you should consider too is seeing maybe if you can become an authorized user on the credit card of a friend or family member. Yeah, they don't even have to give you access to the credit card. And if there's somebody that you trust that is willing to let you piggyback on their good name and credit reputation, that can be really helpful to boosting your score more quickly. Part of it too is that your bankruptcy is just going to take time to fade. It's going to stay on your credit report for 10 years, but it's going to have less and less of an impact the further you get away from the incident. And Joel, the other things that W can do in order to boost his credit score are things that anybody would do to get their credit score up. Uh, make sure that you are paying your bills you know, on time and full every month. You want to make sure you're keeping your utilization rate down. That's why applying for new cards, that way you can increase your total overall credit limit. That's why that's so important. Because even a few small purchases on a lower limit card, it doesn't take long that you're out of that threshold uh, past that 30% mark where it starts not looking so great on your credit. That's totally true, Matt. Yeah. And one other way that you can kind of game the system is to pay your credit card off before the statement even closes out. And that's a way to keep your utilization rate low, which is such a huge factor in your score. So let's say your bill is due on the 21st every month. Try paying the balance off at the end of the prior month. That way, the balance that's going to be reported to the credit bureau is going to be zero or just minuscule, right? If you've made a couple charges since A couple then. new purchases, yeah. right, yeah. But that's going to be a huge boost in helping you keep that utilization rate low. And until you can get more credit with higher limits, that's going to be, that's going to be a really important way to boost your score. Yeah. And then in addition to that, just always make sure you are monitoring your credit score via Credit Karma or whatever credit card you, you do have, W. Uh, most issuers now have some sort of their own credit score built in and it's kind of off to the side and you can click it. That way you can kind of track that history. But again, if your credit card does not have that, go ahead and open an account with Credit Karma. It's a bit more fleshed out. It's got more uh, cool little features than what the credit cards will show you. Yeah, I feel like Credit Karma, it gives you the specific info for your situation on how to try to boost your score. Yeah, in particular, the letter grades that you get for, for each different section of how your credit score is constructed is just really helpful so that you can know where you're not doing well and then figure it out and make some changes. 
And one last thing to check out is Experian Boost. And this is a, a service or like a, a product that Experian is offering. They're one of the three credit bureau agencies. And they now are taking into account your phone and utility bills when they calculate your credit score, which you know, normally that is not included. So this could be an awesome way for you to increase your, your credit score, right? It's sort of an easy button for, for getting that boost. Yeah, most people are going to see a 9, 10, 11, 12 point bump, something like that in their credit score. It's just a quick, easy way to get a little movement. All right, Joel, now let's go ahead and take a question about robo-advisors. Hey there, Joel and Matt. This is Christina from Eugene, Oregon, and I have a question for you. I'm wondering about robo-advisors, companies such as Betterment or Wealthfront. Um, they seem almost a little too good to be true. Uh, it seems like a really quick and easy way to get started investing and kind of staying very hands-off about it. So I'm really curious to see if you guys have any experience with um, robo-advisors and what your thoughts are. So yeah, let me know. Christina, before we get to our thoughts on robo-advisors, man, I want your thoughts on Rogue Brewing Company because they're also based out of Eugene, Oregon, I think. And man, that's what, honestly one of the first craft breweries I gravitated towards. They've got that uh, pink bottled voodoo stout, or like the voodoo donuts, right? Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? No doubt. Yeah, it's, it's unmistakable on the shelves. It really is. Yeah. But Rogue has been making good beers for quite a long time. Beer side fact. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get on to the question though. Robo advisors, are they too good to be true? And in particular, Christina mentioned Betterment and Wealthfront, and they're pretty much like the two original gangsters of robo advisors. And Betterment and Wealthfront, man, they're great. You're right. They're, they're, that's a great way to get started. There's no minimums in particular for Betterment. I think Wealthfront has a minimum of $500. They have low fees and diverse investing choices. They just don't have the absolute lowest fees. Yeah, both Betterment and Wealthfront are charging a quarter percent. And so that's 0.25% more than you're going to be paying if you had uh, your money uh, invested in funds through Vanguard or Fidelity. That is slightly more than what you're going to be paying with the absolute uh, cheapest option. But if you compare that to an actual financial advisor uh, who's going to take anywhere between 1% to 2% of the assets under management, you know, a quarter percent it's a little bit more than 0.04%, but it is substantially less than you know, 1% to 2%. Yeah, Matt, I kind of think of these robo-advisors as kind of being like the e-bikes of financial services, right? Because it gets you pedaling, gets your legs moving. Yeah, yeah. So I think, yeah, if you're not going to actually do the work, hop on a regular bike and get going, uh, and an e-bike is what's going to get you you know, off the couch and up and moving, well, then I think it's worth investing in that instead. And so I think, yeah, if a robo-advisor, that simple offering feels more approachable to you, well, then I think it's a great idea. Like we we're just talking about, the fees are a little bit higher than we're talking about if we're kind of completely going the DIY method all on our own. But the offerings from companies like Betterment and Wealthfront are great. And you also have access, I think in particular with Betterment, to actual financial advisors. You can pay a couple hundred dollars in a similar way to a company that we mentioned a long time ago, Matt, called Grove, who uh, you can you have access to a financial advisor for a whole year for one flat fee. And these financial advisors on Betterment will offer you advice on many different financial scenarios, not just picking your asset allocation for investments. So that's kind of cool. I think that's going to become more and more the model where people pay a flat fee and it becomes easier to get actual financial advice. And these robo-advisors are kind of leading the way on that. I think that's great. But really, robo-advisors are best for people that want a hands-off approach, who value ease of use, and a great user interface. And these companies definitely, definitely offer that. 
Yeah, and speaking of a user interface, uh, M1 is also a great option. Uh, and specifically, if you're looking for the best of both worlds between a more automated robo-advisor versus a more DIY approach to your investing. They are zero cost and have auto rebalancing. Dude, currently, M1 is really our favorite these days. Uh, you can also choose your risk tolerance and you can create your own custom pie, which allows you basically to customize your asset allocation based on a number of things. But specifically as well, you can base it on your target retirement date. Yeah, I feel like M1 is just such a great app. They're doing such a good job. And they're really towing that line of keeping costs low, yet also providing just a huge benefit for the end user uh, really, really well. So if you're on kind of a robo advisor kick and you want one more to look into, well, M1 is definitely one that we would say, check that one out. All right, after the break, Matt, let's get into 529 plans. Yep. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. They are committed to high ethical standards and even had to pass a rigorous exam before they could become a CFP professional. They offer financial planning and services that take a more comprehensive view of your financial and personal circumstances and are customized for your needs. Certified financial planner professionals can offer advice on a wide range of issues like reviewing your investment portfolio's allocation, handling an inheritance, rolling over a company retirement plan, building education savings, and so much more. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. I'm guessing that a lot of listeners are starting to solidify their summer travel plans. We always like to get the families together, Matt, for a week at the beach every single summer. We've already got that trip to St. Simon's on the calendar. Pumped for that. But sometimes those vacations get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? That's right. Why let it sit empty when it could be earning extra income? It's the financially smart thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you've got some extra space in your home, or maybe you have an entire house to host. Or maybe you're just going on vacation and your home is sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you have two options. You can let it just sit there empty, or you do some optimizing and make some money off it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you're a small business owner, listen up. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're actually choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. They do everything from hyper-targeting best fit prospects through campaign optimization. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads, and has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no-obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention, new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. Let's say you've been listening to the podcast and now you're finally ready to start implementing some of the uh, the financial morsels that we're dishing up. Maybe you are trying to save up some more money for a down payment on a house, or maybe there's a big vacation that you have been dying to take. Well, the Money App 
Monarch. They make it so easy to help you to reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal, they named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, collaborate with your partner even. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. And you won't get spammed either. Monarch features ad-free privacy you can trust. They will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. That's right, man. And after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. It just makes sense. It works. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash howtomoney for your extended 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash howtomoney for an extended 30-day free trial. We're back from the break. Now let's tackle a question about saving for college. My name is Katie, and I have a three-year-old and just had another baby. And my husband and I are thinking about college already. Should we be opening up a college savings account for them? And if so, what kind? Katie, thinking about college already for her youngsters. Uh, that's impressive. Hey, that's some planning. Yeah, well, it's not too soon. College is expensive. And, you know, now's the time to get started. I applaud you, Katie, for considering that at this point. And Joel, I also want to applaud you because you just found out you are having a baby boy this fall. And so did you. So. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> right now, we're running with all girls in our houses, and now you and I just found out we're having boys, man, so that's pretty exciting. Yeah, pretty crazy. It's it's honestly kind of stupid, the fact that you and I, like, <laughs> that we're both having boys. We we found out on the same day as well, which is ridiculous. It's but, so crazy, yeah. so crazy. But also, congrats to Katie for having your second. And um, she's got a three-year-old as well. That's awesome. Yeah, so super fun. Kids are the best. Yeah, we've said that many times on the show. But let's get to her question, Matt, about 529 plans and when they're a great option. And the first thing we have to mention, I feel like any time we're talking about college savings, 529 plans, thinking ahead for saving for your kids is how well are you doing saving for yourself? Because if you're not saving for your own future, your own retirement and your own goals, well, then you do need to put the 529 account on hold typically. And that means how well are you doing investing inside of your company's 401k, your spouse's 401k? How well are you doing saving inside of a Roth IRA or a traditional IRA or a SEP IRA? How well are you doing? It's really important to make sure that you're saving for your own future before prioritizing saving for your kid's college future. Yeah, we've given this analogy before when the uh, when they tell you to to put the oxygen mask over your own face when you're on the plane and uh, a terrible thing happens. <laughs> but make sure you cover yourself first. That way you can help your children and those around you. That is a perfect metaphor when it comes to a retirement savings and a college savings account. So make sure that you are doing that. And specifically, make sure that you are contributing if you're eligible to a Roth IRA. Like a 529, it's a tax advantage account but with more flexibility. So you have that money there first and foremost as an option for retirement. But if you do want to dip into that sum to pay for college, you have that as an option versus the opposite. You cannot dip into a 529 for retirement, right, Joel? Yeah, I mean, you can, but you're going to pay taxes and penalties, which make it a really ineffective tool for saving for retirement. So taking advantage of something like a Roth IRA, which provides a lot of flexibility, is a good way to go. But if you're already doing that and you want to save more, and you're really sure that one of your kids is likely to go to college based on your family culture and your views towards college as a family, 
Well, then a 529 account can be a really great investment, especially if you're a higher income earner. And in addition, if you have a state tax benefit through your 529 plan. You also, by the way, have two kids, which is really helpful because you can change the beneficiary to another person in your family one time a year. So that means if one of your children ends up going to school and the other one doesn't, well, you can change the beneficiary of the 529 account that you've opened up and funnel it all towards that one kid who is going to school. And that provides just a little bit of extra flexibility. And you could even use it, right? If you or your husband decided to go back to school someday too, or even future children that you haven't even had yet. So Katie, you can check out your state's direct sold 529 plan option and savingforcollege.com. They have a great write-up there on every state plan that's offered. And while you're there, you can see if your state does have a tax benefit and offers a good plan. You don't have to go with your home state's plan if they are not offering a, a nice state benefit or if the fees and the investment options aren't that great. If they're not that great, you can go with a different state. Yeah, Matt, savingforcollege.com just has a really easy to understand formula to see which states are offering the best overall plans with the lowest fees. And so there are some in particular that are just really well known for having low cost investment options through companies like that we like, like Vanguard and Fidelity. And we would recommend going with some of those states. But, but there's a lot of really good ones. Just kind of dig around Saving for College and you'll easily find their list of best rated 529 plans. We'll even put a link to that in the show notes. So again, Katie, that is awesome that you are looking ahead. You're, you're thinking about your kid's education, but just make sure that you are not foregoing or skipping saving for your own retirement. You want to make sure that you are devoting enough funds and attention towards some of the other financial goals that you might have as well. Saving for college is awesome. Just make sure that you're not doing it out of guilt. Just make sure you're not thinking, oh, I've got kids now. Now's the time to start saving for college. Yeah, it's a great thing to do if you have the money and you can meet those other goals at the same time, right? All right, Matt, let's get to our final question for this episode. This one is kind of fun, a little bit meta about how we do the podcast. Hey, Joel and Matt, huge fan of the podcast. Even as a self-proclaimed personal finance nerd, I still find myself learning new things from your guys' show every week. Um, interested in starting my own podcast, and I've noticed that you guys do it in uh, one of your houses, but the audio sounds great. So just wondering what you guys use as microphones and mixers and, and what type of equipment you have on site. Thanks. Bye. Nice. That message was from Chase. And so now we're going to do a podcast about podcasting. <laughs> so let's talk about gear. We uh, use a Zoom H4n Pro, and I just looked this up, but you can get one of these on Amazon, brand new for like 220 bucks. And the mics we use are Shure SM58s, which are the classic microphone. If you've ever been to a concert or a town hall meeting or church or anywhere where someone's talking into a microphone, they're going to be talking into this microphone. It's, it's the basic, standard, indestructible microphone, and, and these are 100 bucks on Amazon. Honestly, you can probably get both of these for cheaper on eBay if you look too, but pretty much our entire setup you can get for under 450 bucks. Yeah, you got to have the cables as well, right? Yeah, exactly. That, and we've got little stains here so that we don't have to hold our microphones. But honestly, uh, that's not that much money. And so the biggest difference I think, Joel, is that how we record, right? Our technique makes the biggest difference. We are not in a sound booth or a fancy room or space. We, we do this at my dining room table and there are certainly echoes as we sit here and talk. But we get really close to the microphone when we talk 
that allows us to keep our recording levels down so it picks up less ambient noise. And I think it makes us sound nice and warm and we're right here on the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think actually that's that's so true. A lot of people who aren't used to talking into a microphone, they end up getting a little bit further back. They can often be a foot away from the microphone when they're talking. But really, you want your chin almost to be hitting the microphone. Yeah, that's while, how we do it at least. Yeah, while you're recording. <laughs> and, and that makes a big difference, like you said. So that's why I think, you know, with good equipment, with a with a solid recording device, really good microphones. You know, they're not top of the line. They're not ridiculously expensive. This isn't some pro setup we've got going. We're literally recording at your dining room table. And but it's good enough. But it's good enough. Exactly. Sort of like a robo-advisor. You know what? It's good <laughs> enough. <laughs> very, very similar. That's true, my friend. And so, yeah, you can get started and making a podcast with really good sound quality for even less money than this, I think. You can find really good microphones in the $60 or $70 mm-hmm. range. So do some more research on that. But this is the setup kind of we're rolling with and we like it. It's been really good to us. By the way, when it comes to editing, I edit on Adobe Audition because my day job, I work in radio. And that's just kind of what I've used for more than 10 years. And so I'm just really, really used to it. Yeah. Uh, and Adobe's the industry standard though, right? Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. So there's another one called Pro Tools, which is another expensive one that is another industry standard kind of recording software. But you could also use something called Audacity. And so every time we're done recording the podcast, I take the SD card out of the Zoom. I pop it into the computer. I upload it. And I start editing in Audition. But you could edit in something like Audacity, which is a free editing tool. And I've heard great things about it. So one of these days, I want to kind of give it a go, but just haven't had the time to play around with it. Dude, Pro Tools, isn't that the... Uh, like Pro Tools had just come out when that first Third Eye Blind debut album came out. And their lead singer, like he, he recorded every single track on that album himself. And, and cut it. And that's why it was like so amazing and kind of a breakthrough album. Isn't, isn't that right, Pro Tools? I have no idea, but I do love that album. Our, our buddy Jeremy, I'm pretty sure he, like he would always talk about how he was just amazing in Pro Tools. Live, Third Eye Blind was kind of terrible, but... <laughs> that's so true though. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've actually seen recordings of them playing and it's just really bad. Not so great, but that album was freaking amazing it really was yeah. it really was i think we're showing our age too here a little bit that we it doesn't matter man that <laughs> 90s rock man <laughs> it was good stuff but also too chase i want to say you should start a podcast i think everybody that's interested in starting a podcast should consider it the barrier to entry is quite low and it's a lot of fun to kind of create a baby and then put it out there in the world and and kind of see what happens uh, matt you know we've had a lot of fun doing it and in particular getting to create something like this with your best friend I mean, there's not much downside. So yeah, a few hundred bucks in and you're good to go. And then just, you know what? Start creating the stuff that you love to create. And one last recommendation to Chase, but you know, just anybody out there who's thinking about making a podcast, but like you don't need the Zoom recorder and you don't need the nicer mics. Like Joel, you mentioned like a $60 microphone. There is a, a great Audio-Technica fantastic USB microphone that's out there that tons of people use. We've got one of them that we use occasionally. But you can take that and you can plug directly up to your laptop or to your computer, record directly into Audacity or GarageBand. And with just those tools right there, you can make a really good podcast. So Joel, I, w- I would say our setup is, is kind of semi-pro. You know, We spent some decent money on getting a, uh, a, a decent setup here, but you can spend way, way less on your equipment to get a really good sounding podcast. These messages that we're playing on the listener questions, these are just recorded on phones. All smartphones now have that voice recorder app built in. You flip that around and hold it eight inches from your face and start talking, it's going to sound really, really good. So don't at all let the tools that you have at your disposal be the limiting factor in you creating something awesome. 
By the way, since we just mentioned it, that's how you record a yeah. voicemail and send it into the show. A little side plug. So go to howtomoney.com slash ask, and that's how you can have your question answered on the show. But Matt, let's get back to the beer that we had on the show today. Yeah, this episode, Joel, we had Biorhythm by Southern Grist Brewing out of Nashville, Tennessee. And this was graciously sent to us by Jamie. So thank you so much for that. Joel, what are your thoughts on this beer? Matt, this was my first Southern Grist beer and a really, really good introduction, I think. So yeah, I'm excited to have more because this one had a lot of awesome hoppy goodness. It also had a nice dryness to it as well. It said on the can that it was brewed with an experimental type hop. And man, it really did have this interesting flavor that I feel like I've never had before in an IPA. And I couldn't quite put my finger on it, but I did know that it had a massive hop bunch. And, and so yeah, I really enjoyed that beer. Yeah, you know how we used to do the uh, one word to describe the beer at the beginning of the episode a while ago? Uh-huh. Yeah, we stopped doing that because it was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's hard to repeat too, right? Yeah, like, I mean, we're kind of doing it over and over. But my one word, if we were still doing that, would be, this tastes like spring. To me, it had sort of a jasmine-like or like a honeysuckle sort of floralness to it. So to me, it sort of tasted like the way spring smells when you're walking down the sidewalk and you've got the vines kind of growing up next to you. And I feel like you can tell that this was crazy fresh. Because when you have a, a good IPA like this that hasn't been brewed that long ago, it kind of has this tingly feeling on your tongue. And it feels alive still. And this totally had that going on for me. So I was, I'm a big fan of this beer, man. Man, I feel like you always put my descriptions to shame because your palate is just so much more refined than mine is, man. And certain beers just kind of speak to me. And I'm just going to say that this beer spoke to me. And I'm looking forward to getting up there and checking out Southern Grist. Yeah, we got to get up there at some point. Okay, well, that is going to be it for this episode then. You can find our show notes up at howtomoney.com. And if you have your own listener questions, be sure to go to howtomoney.com forward slash ask. Yeah, these are really fun. I'm looking forward to many more of these listener questions episodes. And if you like the show, we'd appreciate it if you'd leave a five-star review for us on Apple Podcasts. That'd be awesome. And make sure to hit the subscribe button while you're there. But if you think we've got room for improvement... Go to howtomoney.com slash do better and drop us a line there. We'd really appreciate that as well. Yeah, we appreciate that feedback. And Joel, until next time, best friends out. Best friends out. Upswell Marketing would like to remind you that when customers choose your small business, they're really choosing you. So focus on super serving your existing customers and let Upswell handle the pipeline generation of new leads and customers. Upswell specializes in developing customized direct response campaigns and is now offering a no obligation free assessment of your current marketing strategies. Not to mention new customers also receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com. That's upswellmarketing.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.